Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Jesus. I am Courtney here with my friend Talisha. Hey. Okay, because we have four friends today, if you are paying attention. So we got to designate which friend I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm, I'm the original friend. She's the real one. Okay, <laughs> the one that's going to be here, tried and true. <laughs> oh, we'll take that. Man. We'll take that. We love y'all, though. <laughs> it's, we love y'all, though. But here today with us, we have two gentlemen who we love dearly. We have Mr. Terry Lee. Yo, clap, yo. clap, clap, clap. And Mr. Ladarius Gamage. Come on, clap, 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 clap. Thank you both so much for being here with us today. We are going to get into a real conversation about Christian dating. We are talking about what the men are looking for. You know, me and Talisha can only explain so much. We have to go to the source. And so we have two wonderful candidates here today to talk about what we're going to be talking about. Okay. So I'm going to pitch it to Talisha to get into our first question for the guys today. Also, we just want to let this be known. One of them is single and one of them is not so with these questions and the way they're answering you figure out which one is which so don't be out here shoot your shot with somebody who is not available okay amen saints amen all right so (laughs) about christian dating first question out of the gate is how does your faith influence your dating well um since before the call, you know, I said I was not the bashful one, so I'll I'll take a stab at this <laughs> one first. Um, um, thank you guys for having having me on on tonight on tonight's podcast. Uh, so Christian dating, faith influencing dating, um, really really important. I actually recently found out how important it was to uh, talk about this at the very beginning. So. I was dating and um, found out about seven months in um, that she calls the psychic. Hmm. Yeah. What? The psychic. (laughs) (laughs) She calls. She calls the psychic. Um, We had a brief conversation at the very beginning about um, dating and church and faith and ministry and all of this stuff. and so full disclaimer here, um, I'm an elder in the Church of God in Christ. Woo-hoo. Um, so, uh, so ministry is a primary part of my life. And, um, and so we had that conversation um, and she was good with it. She was cool with it. She said that, you know, she was not into church like that. But um, in today's society, you know, there's a lot of girls or women who are not into church like that. Um, and then you have the, and I'm, I'm getting somewhere. Um, then you have the other side where you have the girls who are really, really into church and don't have anything else but that. Um, so not really interested in that either. Um, so uh, we had that conversation. She was good with it. She would go to church with me. You know, uh, we would talk about things. Um, but out of the blue, about seven months in, she was like, yeah, I called the psychic. Um, this is what the psychic said. Um, I was a little confused. Um, <laughs> um, and that actually 
was the beginning of the demise. Um, it was the beginning of the, the demise for me because I felt that we had to be equally yoked. Um, I view that as witchcraft. Um, I was wondering why things were happening in my life um, mm -hmm. that were displacing me um, mm -hmm. from where I needed to be. Um, and that was the answer. I did want to let go. So I'm just going to put that out there. Didn't want to <laughs> let go. Didn't. Didn't want to let go. And uh, some, and, I, and I'm going to be completely transparent with you and pray that they would get delivered so I didn't have to be, have to oh let go. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you, I'm candid. I'm honest. I'm going to be honest with you. Hey, All right. I appreciate it. I appreciate so, it. So, you know, that was on the real. Um, but because I believe in prayer and I know how important prayer is um, in my life, um, I had to follow God and mm -hmm. I had to hear um, what he wanted me to do about the situation, even though I didn't want to. Because right. she, she was fine. But go ahead. I'm sorry. That's funny that you say that, though, about um, because you're not the only one that has done that. We will literally be in a relationship. We know we shouldn't be. Sometimes we go into the relationship knowing we shouldn't be in it. And we will say, Lord, please, if you would just change them, then it'll be okay. Instead yeah. of them stay where they are at right mm. yeah yeah that, that's it, it's interesting that you say that because there were a lot of red flags um, from the beginning but i was like oh this is gonna be good you know <laughs> I, I listen she tickled my mm. my non-church terry right yeah she tickled Same. my let's go to mm -hmm. the concert uh mm -hmm. she tickled my um all of that stuff. Church people don't want to talk about all of that. She took it all of that. And um, amen. Say thank the Lord. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. <laughs> and 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 that felt good to me. Yes. That felt good to me. Um, and so it pulled me closer and closer and closer in. And I tell you, um, I would even be in places where I knew I shouldn't be. Um trying to enjoy it and trying to be where I knew I should not be um, for the sake of trying to keep her. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so, um, so it wasn't just, it wasn't just the, the calling the psychic. It was, she literally was pulling me further and mm -hmm. further and further away from God and my assignment. Mm -hmm. uh, because sometimes our assignment is, a, is closely, um, integrated with where we are um, and how we hear, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. and so, you know, when you get pulled away from that, you miss God and you miss what He's trying to say and do, and you get stuck and complacent and can't figure out which mm -hmm. way to go or why you're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome, bro. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Hey, man, you got to confess it, man, you know, because somebody's got to hear it. Somebody's got to heal from it. Somebody's got to admit it to themselves. Somebody's got to recognize it. And, you know, if, if we uh, if we play around, people ain't going to recognize the signs. People, ain't, you know, people not going to see that 
dang, does that sound like my current situation? You know, right. Right. so so we got we got to speak on it. We got to be transparent about it because if we're not being transparent about it, no one else is. And they're looking to the movie stars. They're looking to the actresses. They're listening to the rappers. They're listening to the musicians, trying to find wisdom from them. But those people telling us a lie, they live in a script. And then, you know, because we follow the script, we fall into the mess and into the hands of the enemy, like how you said, and we completely missing our assignment because the whole entire time we're listening to them, we're not listening to God. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, so like, man, I'm lo- I'm loving what you're saying, brother. You know, um, if it is my turn to answer the question, this mm-hmm. T, uh, you know, faith is everything to me. Like I've been I've been where on uh, Terry has been. So I can fully understand what my brother has been through. You know, I don't been in those houses, you know, not to uh, call anybody out where there was some shrines that has stones, that windows, that doors, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't been some places where, you know, I don't dealt with some people that like to call the psychic, but swear they believe in God. But every time we turn around, you talk about Mercury's retrograde and stuff like that. You know, I don't, I don't been, you know, I don't been with those type of people. You know what I'm saying? And, and I found myself, just like the brother said, like I found myself suffering just to keep somebody in my life that provided me with some type of thrill that I felt like I was missing, that I wanted in my life. And, you know, and then I even found myself with the people who are in the church, with the people who, you know, sit up here and say they're the daughter of a pastor or the daughter of a deacon, and they go to church, they go to Wednesday night Bible study, they go to choir practice, they go to Sunday, whatever. And then it's like they filled with so much wisdom of God, but they lack faith. Hmm. I've been I've been with those type of people. And then, you know, um, understanding that he is an elder, I'm a minister, you know, uh, God has granted us, everybody on this call, God has granted us vision. So he's, he's made us visionaries and like, you know, the biggest pain of a visionary is you knowing that you have this assignment that my brother was just referring to, but you're unable to complete the assignment because the person next to you does not have the comprehension to understand the assignment or see the vision that God has given you. So I've been there. So that's actually what led me to be with the woman that I'm now with, because those people in the past, whenever I asked them to pray for me, the girl that was out here with all this other stuff, the girl who was in the church, the girl who was the pastor's daughter, whenever I asked them to pray for me, it would turn into an argument. But the woman that I'm with right now, I didn't have to ask her to pray for me. She instinctively knew to pray for me. And then that was one of the signs that God had told me like, hey, this is the one you prayed for. I've delivered her to you. And so like, you know, faith is a big thing to me because I'm a man of faith. I pray hard. I, I try to walk out my life hard. I try to walk by faith hard. I, I tried to line up every day and be in alignment with God because I want to see, you know, his will fulfilled in my life. I want to see the promises that he has for me to prosper. But then, like, you know, one of the things that we 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 often know, but we don't do better in is understanding that our company is what can hold us down. And see, like, man, you know, so when I finally figured that out and I finally saw that, hey, this is the person type of people he want me around and I started hanging around them and I started seeing my life get blessed. I said, you know what, Lord, you know, hey, it's, it's time to go this way. Definitely. So both of you made mention of this. This is not even this is a impromptu question. 
you will. So both of you have made mention of having someone who is well-balanced, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like she goes to church, she believes in God, her life is dedicated to God. Um, it's apparent, like it's not a hidden thing. But also, do you feel like you look for someone who can be outside of church? Like she can go to the movies, she can go out to eat. Like she she doesn't have to talk about the Bible. Yeah. 20. Do you find that that's like having that balance is extremely important if it's something you want to? So yeah, definitely balance is important to me. Um, um, I, you know, there's nothing like, um, uh, someone who is saved, um, and, and, and to least, you know, sanctified <laughs> and, 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 uh, filled with God's precious gift of the Holy ghost. There's mm-hmm. nothing like that. Um, there's nothing like, um, that person understanding church. Um, mm. um that's important. Uh, especially for those who are, of, of us who are in ministry, it's important that um, a person understands it. Um, and and I could go, I could go, you know, crawl in the rabbit hole with that one. I can go so far with that. Um, right. But understanding church is important. But understanding that I am a man before I'm a preacher. Um, amen. And, (laughs) and, and so, and so I have, um, needs and a lot of times people hear needs and they automatically go to things sexual, not necessarily. Mm. Um, I, I have needs, um, emotional needs and, um, uh, mental needs and spiritual needs since we're talking about faith, um, that I need to have met, um, before we deal with ministry and church. And so if you're not able to meet those needs, um, then it's just like dating a half of a person. Hmm. Um, it's dating someone who can understand half of me um, and cannot relate to the whole. And if you can't relate to the whole then there is is no really point in us dating because um, it won't get to marriage because if I can't have a conversation with you about my day at yeah. work and you yes. understand the psychology of people, yes. um, then we're going to have a problem. And because I, I honestly believe that um, God, Jesus has uh, allowed us experiences so that we know how to treat and understand people in ministry. And so mm-hmm. if you don't have those natural experiences, um, then we won't go very far. Because if you don't understand the psychology of people in the street, you're definitely not going to understand the psychology of people in the church. Because mm-hmm. the people that are in the church have the psychology of people in the street and in the church. They go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Bipolar. Bipolar. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even gonna touch what he just put down. <laughs> hey, hey, because we we could be going back and forth, but like, hey, balance is everything. Like, ironically, I was watching a Superman movie last night, and um, him and Lois were having like relationship problems in the movie, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, she wanted him 
to let the world know, like, I'm your girlfriend. But he was so caught up with the idea that, okay, I'm Superman at the end of the day, so I don't want nobody finding out so you get hurt. But she's like, no, I want people to know that I'm dating Clark Kent. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. I want people to know that I'm dating Clark Kent. And see, that's what a lot, like, uh, what a lot of women have to understand is that when you find your man, yeah, he may appear to be Superman on the outside, but at the end of the day, when he comes in the house, he's Clark Kent. He just want he want to he want to shut it all down. He want to chill. He want to relax. He don't want to be you know the he don't want to be preaching twenty four seven. He don't want to do all that. Like how my brother just said, he has needs. He want he want to be ministered to by his woman. He want to be loved. He want to be you know what I'm saying. He want to he want her to ask him. Baby, how's your day going? Like, my my girl, like, what I love, I told her last night, we was praying together. I said, Lord, thank you for sending me a woman that asked me throughout the day how I'm doing. Just text me, see how I'm doing, making sure that I ate, making sure that I woke up on time, like, making sure I got off work on time, asking me how my day was, know what time I get off, call me right then and there. Like, we have a routine. It's not boring to me. I love that consistency because it shows me that you are committed to me, I said again, I love that consistency because it shows me that you are committed to me. And so, like, you know, um, that balances everything. And like how my brother said, like, we don't need to talk about the word 24 7. There's some there's some girls out there that blew it with me, and they they don't understand because they act so holier than thou, they so so into the like everything is a, a battle over scripture, and I'm like. Can you just be a human being? Can you just, can you drop your guard? Can you come down off your high horse? Just chill, relax. And they don't even realize that like, yo, like you're really hurting yourself by putting on this act and this charade. Mm -hmm. Because just like how I mentioned, when Superman comes home, he Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. He wants to come home. He wants to be with someone who can nurture and attend to his needs. He wants to be with someone who wants to turn on Netflix and watch a movie with him. He wants somebody that's already got the dinner done and, you know, stuff like that. And we eat and whatever. He wants to enjoy going on walks and parks and stuff like that. You know, and men do have feelings. Men do have emotions. And when we are with a woman who don't, a woman who doesn't understand that, that's the first red flag that, hey, I need to get up out of here. But when we meet that woman who understands, like, hey, I'm supposed to nurture him just like he's supposed to nurture us, man, that's the first sign of finding a good thing, brother. <laughs> that's the first sign of finding a good thing right there. And I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to leave it right there. That's good. So, yeah, um, I, I just want I just want to echo that. I think that... Um, I think that all, all all that my brother said was was a one. Um, one thing that I do want to uh, kind of dive into a little bit is um, where I am in terms of um, the types of women that I, I find interesting, um, <clears throat> and I think it it goes back to the question um, that the initial question about faith and, and dating women and how how important that that is. In dating, um, so I'm actually intrigued by people that are not in church because mm. the church has taught, um, and and this is just a generic uh, statement. Um, it might sound pointed, but it's very generic. Uh, the church has taught our women that 
we want someone who is over overly religious. Mm. And and catch my words, we want someone that is over overly religious. And and I thank God for the evolution of church um, and the evolution of the black church with this within this generation because I think we're taking longer and, and larger strides um, to some sense of normality. But I think um, that the church has taught our women we want long skirts, we want stockings, um, we want hats, um, we want you to be deep and spiritual, we want you to quicken and jerk. Uh, we want we want all of that. Um, and, and, you know, some of that has its, has its place. Um, but I don't think that we teach enough of, um, we want some sense of normality. Uh, this might be a little funny. So um, a Church of God in Christ mother got up at a holy convocation. Um, if you know Church of God in Christ and if you know um, uh, morning prayer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and she got up and she said, um, we need to stop teaching these young women how to make quilts. And we need to teach them what to do under the sheet. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and so it was it was funny and it went viral on social media. Um, oh, man. Uh, and 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 what she said, she meant in all humility with all uh, with with no harm intended. Um, what but, she was trying to say, it was hilarious. It's um, true. It's true. Yeah. Um, but wait, wait, why? Yes. When you're married, praise God. Um, but what she was trying to say was we're teaching them all of this stuff that is good um, Mm -hmm. but we're not teaching them the essentials to keep a man because again from the very beginning it is about meeting his needs just as much as the men of the church need to teach the young men how to meet her needs right Amen. so this isn't one-sided um we it, it, i think for so long we we focus on the spiritual things mm-hmm. um and don't deal with the natural things mm-hmm. um you know we talk about miracles signs and wonders which we need um and we expect god to perform um but we also need to understand that um there is a miracle in childbirth. Amen. These natural <laughs> things, God has given us natural things um, to show his miraculous power. Mm-hmm. And um, if we do not understand those, um, we have a long journey to getting to those things that people want to see. We want to see people out of wheelchairs. We want to see cancer drop. We want to see, um, but God has called us to be fruitful and multiply so that he can put his gift inside of us so that those things could happen. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to preach tonight. I'm not that's, preach. That, that's deep, bro. <laughs> that was deep right there, bro. That was real deep. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it's a scripture in the Bible that says it's good, but is it profitable? Absolutely. And Expedient. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. But, you know, as you were saying, there are a lot of things that we teach that 
are not profitable for us being able to live as human beings. And there's only so much (laughs) that we can teach um, of how to be a good woman or a good man um, before you just leave off. You leave off so many things. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, we have a whole episode about this, of how the church is, failing us in a sense when it comes to things like living as man and woman and sexual education and all these things but there's so much that is lacking in in that teaching um and there's a saying that we uh we like to say that me and Salisha have had this conversation I don't necessarily always like it but you know what's the saying to you so heavenly minded that you know earthly good is that it yes that's it yeah, that's it <laughs> And, and, you know, speaking of, of leaving off, um, this is a conversation uh, that a good friend of mine and I had just recently. Uh, we were talking about marriage and we were talking about what the Bible says about marriage. And um, what interests me is that we always end the scripture after the A clause, right? For some reason, it's expedient for man in this particular scripture to end it after the A clause because it excuses us from our responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and the p- particular scripture that I'm talking about is uh, wives submit to your husbands. Come on, Delisha. Which one? Cause my. Oh my. Oh so, my. What does he say about the man? Come on. <laughs> At the B clause says, and husbands submit to your wives. And love your wives. As Christ Christ loved the church. And so (laughs) it's it's, it's interesting how, um, you know, relationally, uh, again, I think this is generational. I think that this is um, religious teaching uh, because we have to think about. And, and, and I'm not going to go too far back because uh, we've got a whole show to do tonight. Um, but <laughs> we have to go back to um, the origin of the Bible that we read. And we mm-hmm. have to understand the time that that Bible was written in. True. Um, and then um, we have to think about the evolution of people and culture um, mm-hmm. from that time to this one. Um, mm. It is. It isn't until um, 1960s, in the 1960s, when women in the United mm. States, um, we're not even talking about other places across the world. We're talking about Oof. in the United States, um, began to have simple rights as it pertains to life. And so mm. um, w- when we understand that and then we go back to what the Bible says um, about women and men, um, we have to put some context to it. Um, and, and, and I think that uh, where we are now, we should clearly be able to see and understand that just as we expect the woman to submit to the man, the man has to be humble enough um, and um, unselfish enough unself centered <laughs> enough to be able to submit to their wives because I'm going to tell you, and a lot of people are not going to like this, but I love God. 
Um, <laughs> I do. Uh, because over the course of time, traditionally, in the Black church and in the Black family, two things have happened. In the Black church, the woman has been the curator and the builder of the Black church. The woman has been the curator and the builder of the Black family. That's in church and family. And traditionally, the woman has been the most educated in the Black church. Why do you think we still, when we sing hymns, why do you think we still line a hymn? Because the people couldn't read. And Mm -hmm. so they needed somebody that knew how to read to line the hymn. And in the Black family, The woman is traditionally the most educated, but we expect her to submit, but we don't want to submit. Amen. I'm sorry. (laughs) You left no turkey for me to carve up. (laughs) I mean, there's like, you you know how you play dominoes and there's two open (laughs) ends, like you left two open ends out there. I don't don't know where to begin. So I'm going to let, I'm going to let, my the beautiful queens on this call speak and I, i'm gonna I'm a sit back and wait because like bro, you opened the big door because um, you well if you if you all watch our podcast and our listeners already know and our viewers already know this is something that we are always talking about how the black church and the black family is literally on the back of the black woman mm-hmm. but then at the same time where's the respect for her carrying it all in her back Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't work it's her fault Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. if he doesn't make it you have failed him if Mm -hmm. the church doesn't make it you have failed them if your family doesn't make it what weren't you not doing because you have failed them and you know you had something I I was just gonna say like it depends on your leadership that's true and it depends on who you're listening to and how you were brought up because you know what i will say you know like to uh about the responsibility of the uh, the black woman or the woman in general let's let's just not put it on color let's talk about women men and women here mm-hmm. it's like i think the responsibility of relationship is placed on the woman like love interaction back and forth because i mean if we really want to get into the word my brother You know, when God made a man, he gave a man a job to do. When he first made Adam, he gave Adam work. He gave Adam responsibility. Mm -hmm. So if we want to go throughout the whole entire timeline, even Uh up to now in 2022, what does a man love to do? A man love to work. Mm -hmm. Even if you go out there in the hood, what they doing? They grinding. They trying to find means. They trying to get money or whatever, right? And then even a woman, a woman, like, you know what I'm saying? Helper, helpmate. But if she ain't got no help, man to help, like how you said, she's going to build something. Mm-hmm. She's going to structure out because she was designed to do that. She was designed to build, to structure and do things of that nature. So it depends on how, who you listening to, because one of the biggest things that I always like, you know, encounter, you know, like we talk about dating is like gender roles and things of that nature. You know, men should be doing this. Women should be doing this. But I feel like it's the structure. It's about the structure, the ideal structure of you and your mate. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, okay. I came from a single parent household for a while. My, my mom and my stepdad separated for a while, then they finally got back together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So for the longest, I saw my mom. It was me and her, a single parent household. So who I'm dating right now, she came from a household where her parents always been together. They always been married. 
she never seen him not married. You feel what I'm saying? But our, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like our, um, I don't want to say it's a challenge. Our walk is to understand what structure works for us. Because I see my parents, my mom, my stepdad, they're doing awesome. Like, you know, both of them making money, they're traveling. Like, you know, I mean, my mom and my stepdad are goals, they're dreams. You feel me? And to her, her mom and dad might be goals and dreams to her, right? But when it comes to our lifestyle, us coming together, us being equally yoked and growing closer together, we got to identify together what our structure is going to be. Mm-hmm. So neither, so it can't be no blame game. No, it's a team. It's team. It ain't no 50-50. My mom told me a long time ago, it's 100-100. Right. If I ain't got it, you got it. If you ain't feeling well, I'm going to pick you up, all that. We do this together because as soon as we start saying, oh, you know, you're supposed to be doing this, you're supposed to be doing that, that's when we start tumbling and falling down. Absolutely. Now, another thing that I want to say is, you know, like I said, it's all about your upbringing, but submission, when we, since, since we were talking about submission for a second, it is the job, since you want to throw that scripture out, for the man to love his woman into submission and for the woman to love her man into submission. Mm-hmm. It should, and, and I'm, I mean, I'm going to touch on that and we're going mm-hmm. to go back and forth. I can already feel that in my spirit, but check <laughs> this out. I can already feel that in my spirit because we, we finna we fin do that because it's like, this is a real good point. Mm-hmm. it's not the job for us to say, okay, you do this, or I fuss, or I raise my voice, and you supposed, you know what I'm saying, masculine, masculinity, femininity, you know, it's, it's not that, it's, hey, let me help her out, let me show her I can take this off of her back, because the problem that we have right now, we have too many women trying to be their own man. We have too many women that's independent and then they, when they bump into a good man, they don't recognize a good man, nor do they give him the the room and area that he needs to prove himself that God sent me your way to take this burden off your back. God sent me this way to pray this baggage off of you. God sent me this way to help you fulfill your plans and dreams. And and you help me do that. And us both walk in perfect unison. Like there's too many women out here trying to be, you know, still independent. And I can't blame them because they're upbringing. I can't blame them because their background. But if you, if y'all really like have faith in God, if y'all really putting God first, if y'all really praying together, God going to break those jokes. God going to break those strongholds. God going to break that division. And that's the honest truth. So I'm going to leave it right there because I, I know it's, you know, we feel, we feel engaged. So I'm going to leave it right there. <laughs> I, I think that's good, brother. And and listen, I, I agree with you. Um, and I want I wanted to um, I wanted to get to get to that scripture because um, uh, I, I was recalling some things. Um, but the, the part of that scripture that I love um, the most, and and you said it that husbands are are to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her mm-hmm. um, to make her holy. Uh, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Um, and so, and so that is, um, that, that is the point that I want to talk about um, the washing um, of her with water through the word. Uh, and so um, the water of the word um, mm. is the thing um, that, that brings um, the husband and the wife together. Um, and what is the word? 
and I told y'all I'm not trying to preach tonight. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning was the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, the Word was with God. Um, and the Word, what? Was God. Um, and so mm-hmm. um, the Word is God. What is God? Um, God is a, a deity that is found in three parts. Um, what are the three parts? The three parts are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Um, the Son uh, represents the love of God. And so if we're washing uh, the wife with the word, as you said, we're washing her into submission with the love of God. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and if, and this goes back to our original question, because um, I want to tr- still try to keep it tied to what we're talking about. Um, we're, we're washing her with the word, with the love of God, which talks about the importance of um, her faith walk with God. Uh, because have you ever tried to wash a dog that wanted to be dirty? <laughs> Jesus. They're going to you every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you're, if you've ever washed, a, and, I, and I'm, I'm saying dog, not calling a woman a dog, but I'm just using it metaphorically. Um, if you've ever washed a dog, an indoor dog that is used to being washed, they're going to let you wash them because they oh, want to be clean. Oh my, oh my, oh my. And so what does what does washing with the word do? Um, the more you wash, the more there is a desire mm. to want to be clean. So what am I saying? The more you wash, the more there is a desire to submit, not only because you are washing, but because you are washed. Mm, that's the part right there. You are washed. Um, because there's no mm. way that you can wash the word, uh, wash her with the word if the word is not in you. You. Mm-hmm. Bible says, hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against me. Mm. And so you can never wash anything with something that you don't have. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so that goes to the whole idea of you guys who are watching have missed what how mm. we got. It's about submission. So the key of all of what you're saying is, if you want her to submit, submission has to look like this: the man has to be submitted. The man mm-hmm. has to be in the word to minister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man has mm-hmm. to be heard. The man has to have the word in him in mm-hmm. order. To continually wash her with the word and through love because Jesus is love. You're washing her with the word through love in order for her to then submit to what is she submitting to in you? What she's submitting to the word. She's not submitting to you. Exactly. Boom. Exactly. 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 Everybody. I got got a question for you though. I got a question for you, Terry. What's that? I'll tell you, in my spirit, I felt like we were going to engage on this one. So, me and you are not married, right? Mm -hmm. So, check this out. Like how it says, when a man finds a a wife, he finds a good thing in favor with the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
And since you said that scripture right there, and then your your um analogy was so brilliant. Mm-hmm. You said the, the 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 dirty dog, the dog that wants to be dirty, mm-hmm. and the indoor dog that wants to be clean. So when you begin to wash your your woman with the word, right? Mm-hmm. Does it does, is that an indicator to see to show you like you you know what I'm saying who you're dealing with? Yes, yes. So so I'm so glad you asked that question, my brother. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you asked that question um, because like we were talking about before, I am untraditional, uh, and. Um, I see the word the word through a lens that most may not agree with, uh, but I know it's God, and so um, I am emphatic in that I know it's God. And so here is the thing that we must understand: the first thing is that uh, marriage is an ordinance of the church. Mm. When you examine the Bible, you find that. Marriage is an ordinance of a ch- of the church that God that Jesus instituted. So, what about those who were married before Jesus came on the scene? What about those? Mm-hmm. So, what you have to understand is, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. You don't find a girlfriend if it's God ordained. You find a wife. Mm. And how you identify that that is your wife is by beginning to wash her with the word. Mm. Because if you wash her with the word and she submits to the Mm. word of God Mm. that is on the inside of you, you know that that is your wife. When she resists the word, and I'm not talking about pieces of it. I'm talking about the word holy Holy H O L Y and Holy H W H O L E Y. Holy, uh, holy and holy. When she submits wholly to the word, then mm. you understand that she is a candidate for being a wife. Mm hmm. <clears throat> mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Word in you, this is for the sirs. If you don't have the word in you, stop trying to stop trying to manhandle somebody's daughter. Thank stop you. Somebody's sister. Thank if the you. word not in you, stop it. Quit playing. Quit playing. If you will. It's because you don't have it in you. Yeah, that's the truth. And, that's and the if, truth. You, if you don't have the word in you, because I, I just believe in giving a little hope, right? If you don't have the word in you, there is still hope. There's still hope. There, there's still hope for you. There's still <laughs> hope for you. If you don't have the word in you, there's still hope. You, there is time for you to submit to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so there are people that God, and I'm talking to you, there are people that, are, that God has assigned to help you submit to him. Mm-hmm. And when you can identify who those people are that are assigned to you to help you submit to him, then you will be able to find a wife. There's a process to this. A lot of, uh, and again, this goes back to what we've been taught all of these years. A lot of times we just think because a person is between the ages of 18 and 27 that they should be finding a wife 
and be getting married and they should be having children um, when they're not prepared financially or spiritually to do either. Amen. And so we have to lead and teach our brothers how to do this so that we are not destroying their life the person they marry's life because that may not even be their wife because they don't know how to wash her um uh, and the children that may come from um this unordained relationship yeah. and so yeah so y'all talking good tonight y'all talking real good. hey i mean i mean the, the kind of expound on what you said one thing you said it's the reaction, the holy and the holy, what you said, like you'll understand who you're dealing with based off the reaction. When you're dealing with a, a child of God, like when I'm dealing with a woman of God, she's not going to lash out violently. If she if she's resistant or she's throwing a fit or whatever, she's going to she's going to talk. She's going to speak her mind and things of that nature. It's, it's not going to be an argument. I like to think that me and my girlfriend, we don't have too many arguments. We have more disagreements than anything. But after a while, we come, you know, peacefully, like two grown adults and talk it out and everything's sweet. Another thing that you said about the, ch the church and people forcing their influence on us between 18 to 27, you know, to get married, uh, you know, to, to do all this stuff. You know, uh, one thing, you know, keeping it balanced here because we're, we're, ta we're talking about God, but for the people, we don't want to like, you know, heavy too many people's ears with the word with the word the word i mean just being realistic being practical here if you don't know who you are you don't need to be adding nobody else in your life because if you don't know who you are you definitely don't know who god is and that's just being real because like before you can even talk about god you got to understand some things about yourself you you got to line up your walking you can't line up your walk until you know who you are and when people see that you don't know who you are, they're going to spot them cracks. They're going to spot them faults, like how Sister T at the bottom was just saying a second ago. She's like, hey, don't be playing around. Don't be trying to manhandle somebody else. We need to get ourselves right. Right. And I mean, like, you know, like, there's a lot that you just touched on, man. But, man, I had, I had to throw those stakes in there. <laughs> well, I appreciate the stakes, brother, because, you know, um, I, I think that as men we have a lot of things to grow and understand and learn. I'm going to tell you something. So my parents have been married for 40 years. Wow. Um, they have been married for 40 years. Uh, their marriage has not always been peaches of cream, roses. Um, and that's just from the things that I've seen. Um, but one thing that I emphatically know about my parents is that A, uh, they love each other, and B, they work together. That doesn't mean they always disagree. I mean, they always agree, but <laughs> they work together. Um, and I and I tell people this. I used to tell this story all the time about my parents growing up. There are there are four. I have three other siblings. There are four of us all together. Um, my oldest sister is ten years older than me. Um, my next sister is twenty one months older than me. Um, they want me to say two years, but I refuse to. The devil is a liar. And she's 21 <laughs> months older than me. Um, she's three months shy of two years. She's 21 months older than me. You pay and... <laughs> <There it is. laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> and, and my brother is three years younger than me. And so growing up, I used to, I, when I got older, I used to start telling this story about how all I can remember growing up is all of us, uh, at one point, we were going to three different schools. Uh, my parents uh, made the decision to send us to private schools. And so my mom had to drive us to school every day. Mm-hmm. So she would drop my older sister off. Then she would drop um, me and my little brother off. And then she would drop my uh, sister that's right above me off at a different school. And then my mom would work her first job as a teacher. Um, she was a teacher for 32 years. And then she would work um, her second job, which was after school. She taught after school um, for as long as I can remember. Then my mom would get off at five o'clock, get to the other side of town, pick us all up by 5.30. Um, she would make sure that we all went to whatever sport we were playing. We played whatever sport we wanted to play. Um, uh-huh. Basketball, football, soccer, baseball. She would make sure that we all got to our practices in all of the different locations. She would pick us all up. She would take us home. She would make sure we all showered. She would help us while we were showering. She would cook dinner. Um, she would help us with our homework. We would eat dinner. We would go to make sure we all went to bed on time. She would get up, make sure uh, she would either cook or have something for breakfast for us, help us get ready for school, have our lunch packed and prepared, and do it all over again. Uh, Saturdays was uh, game day, so we were all, wherever we were, in the same city or not, we would all be at our game. Sundays, she would get us up take us to Sunday school, take us to church, have Sunday dinner cooked um, every week for as long as I can remember. Um, and so I would tell the story and I, I would be giving my mom rave reviews and tell them how, how she's a superwoman because she is right. and how she would do this and do this. And then one day my mom told me, Terry, you don't talk about your dad when you tell that story. Mm. And I'm like, well, that... that that was <laughs> that was home, um, and he and she was like, "Yeah, your daddy was not home. Your dad was working to make Amen. all of that possible." Amen. Um, she said, "Your father had these all of these jobs to make sure that I could feed you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, he he had these jobs to make sure that you could go um, to private schools and not feel different than the other children." Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I think that it's really important in learning how to submit, um, it, learning how to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a part of, of washing, um, with the word. I think that, um, working together is a foundational, uh, principle of God's word. Um, uh, you little children, Love ye one another, right? Amen, amen. Um, um, and so the, the Bible has very instances of um, God's command for us to love each other and to work together. And that is not secluded just to the uh, familial relationship, the brother-sister relationship, but it is, um, it is a, a command for us in our, uh, in our agape more serious relationships i said that it took me a long time to say it but i love god 
That was beautiful and nicely ended. Um, very beautiful, nicely ended. Courtney, you're you're quiet over there. Talk to okay. us, man. This uh, conversation isn't about us. Amen. It's <laughs> so much, man. Like Talisha and I have just recently recorded an episode on submission, um, and so what you guys are saying is just like. I'm bubbling up inside because it's literally like the same thing that we talked about just went even further. And it it amazes me, like you're saying, how much we, you know, we can dwell on what the wives are supposed to do, but then, you know, miss out on just a few verses. It's right there. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. what the husband Mm -hmm. is supposed to do is the Mm -hmm. same thing. And one of the things that uh, Talisha and I brought out in that episode was just the aspect of um, I heard someone break down the word submission is subbing to the mission. And, you know, if this man has a mission, like what is his mission in life before y'all even get married, you know, mm. ask him, <laughs> what is your mission? What is your purpose? I like in life? That. What have you been called to do? What do you feel right. like God is calling you to do? And then asking her vice versa, because what if y'all missions don't align? You know, y'all could be working after two different things, but ultimately Mm -hmm. all of us should be working towards the mission for God. All of us should be in the business of making sure that the word, you know, is brought forth in this earth and that everything that we do is for the glory of God. And if that person is not lined up with that, that's your cue right there, not to even move forward in creating a marriage. Because you already know it's it's doomed, <laughs> you know, and essentially it's doomed um, from the beginning, um, just from that fact alone. Um, but from what, from Terry's story, it kind of leads us to our next question of how has your upbringing influenced dating for you? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm going to be disobedient. Alicia, why the face? Why the face? I'm gonna get to the question, but I that mission thing hit something for me. Okay. Um, that mission thing hit something for me, and I, I just want to release it, right? Um, and so (laughs) I got to. Um, so, um, that's really important. Um, the Bible talks about, um, young men dream dreams, Mm -hmm. and um, and old men, uh, see visions, and so. Mm I think that when you're pursuing understanding of a man's mission, um, I think that you should be specific in your ask. Um, I think that you should understand a young man, man's dream because a young man may not necessarily be at the, the place where he can materialize what his dreams are and he may need the assistance of a help meet uh, to materialize those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that an older man should have materialized some things and should be able to articulate to you what he sees going forward mm-hmm. um, with, with the both of you. Mm-hmm. And so I just I just wanted I had to say it. I had that's, some say it. <laughs> that's some good teaching. That's some good teaching. That's some good teaching, brother. 
That's some good uh, teaching. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to say that, but you, you're you're absolutely correct. You, there should be an understanding of where he is um, in in both of those perspectives, and it you may find a, a or a guy may find you, and you may find out that he's between dreams and vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so. Um, because I don't want to relegate the choice to being the man's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you may make the decision mm-hmm. that um, there isn't enough clarity there for you to want to move forward either way, because he has all of these dreams, but he mm-hmm. doesn't have any vision, mm-hmm. right? Um, because vision should speak to how he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what his plan is now the plan may not be um, mapped out all the way but what his plan is to make that happen I right. digress back to your question uh, you you had a wonderful question he took us all the way over here to the cliff wait <laughs> said look over there and said but you know what I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you go back man come on bro you know, I you know I try to auto correct when I'm a little disobedient. Um, <laughs> may not be all the way right, but brother, I don't know if you you want to say something add to that. Um, I, I just feel like um, you know, you know, I know plenty of pastors. I was in church uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, this is a pastor named Pastor Charlie Ross. Uh, he recently lost his wife, but um, they have been married, you know, over forty um, years. You know. And he has said uh, in the sermon I heard him speak the last time I saw him, he has said about how when he met his wife, like how you said earlier about God will send people your way to change you. He said when he met his wife, he was not the pastor then. He said he he had some bad habits. He said he was drinking. He was out there in the streets, whatever. But he said when God brought her his way and he realized she was a good thing. And that's why I got to keep on talking about the good thing, identifying what's a good thing. Like, young, we we as men need to know the, the flags. If we know the red flags, we need to start identifying the green flags. We need to understand when we know we got a good thing in our presence. Mm-hmm. Because too many times, and I'm not trying to go too far away with this, too many times we sit up here, we be, be stupid, we be arrogant, we be too macho, we be whatever, and then we see her. The one that we pushed away, go get married and have children and have this happy life with somebody else. And we'd be like, turn around, tell our mama, mama, I wish I would have kept that one. And mom said, I liked her. I liked her. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, now, um, getting back to what I was saying about Pastor Ross, Pastor Ross said that when she came into his life and he identified that she was a good thing, he said he had to put the bottle down. He had to leave the streets alone. And he had to start coming to church. And he said, Lord, behold, I've been preaching for as a pastor for 45 years because of that woman right there that's no longer with us. But because when God brought her into my life, I identified that she was a good thing and I knew I had to change and correct my life. Now, what I'm trying to say is, you know, when we find that person and, you know, is, you know, our plans, it's no longer his plans and her plans. But as we get closer and closer, it becomes our plans. And, you know, um, you know, and I'm just I'm just speaking some real romantic stuff right now, you know, spiritually. Watch this. You want to make your woman happy? Start planning things with her together. Start taking into consideration what she's been giving you hints about. 
you know, like, hey, you know, babe, I want to do this, I want to do that, you know, quit, you know, quit focusing on ESPN all the time. Quit focusing, you know, on all this other stuff, you know what I'm saying? Right. And like, actually listen to her. You might, you don't have to look at her all the time when you listen to her, but what really will surprise her and make her cry tears at night and thank God about you is when she thought that you weren't listening, you were listening, then you come back around and say, hey, babe, I know you've been missioning this for a while, you know, uh, how about we do that? And she's like, wow, you was listening. Mm. That's when you show that he's different from the other guys and he's trying to go somewhere with her. And so like, I have to, I have to put that point out there. Like it, after a while it stops becoming his plans and her plans, but how can we build together? And when you start to recognize how y'all are aligning or intertwining and stuff like that, that's when the real magic begins. That's what I feel like, you know, and I thank God that I have that experience in my life right now. You know, I just got to give it up to God because I was once blind and I was once one of these men that I just described with the macho, you know, eager ego and all that that was killing me. But now since God on brought a, a different ray of sunshine in my life, mm-hmm. I can see it a little bit different and I can see that I ain't got to do everything by myself. Like it feels good when you have somebody who knows when you're stressed out and you ain't tell her nothing. And she's telling you, she, she's saying it's going to be all right. You a man of God. God called you to do this. It, it, it feels so good. I'm trying to tell you, it feels so good when you're talking to somebody who knows how to calm you down. But if we, if we not trying to really have that, we need to quit false advertising. Mm-hmm. We need to quit false advertising. We need to quit. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I went there. I went there. We need to quit putting up that billboard saying, man, I want, you know, I, I just want that. You, if you really want it, just like anything else, you go out there and grind hard for. When you really want it, you're going to have to put some sweat into it, man. When it, get, when it get hard, that's when your patience, your virtue gets tested. Your, your character grows. Like, oh, I can't stand this woman. But when you pray, and you say, Lord, don't just correct her, correct me, Lord. If I if I ain't seen the God, if I ain't seen the God, open my eyes up a little bit better, Lord. And God fix that thing. And then you come back and you say a few words, and ooh, that that stopped the storm. Jesus, hmm. man, hey man, that's when the magic begins, man. Like I, I'm talking that level right there. That's what I'm talking like, you know, like hey, you know. And I, I hope that somebody is hearing this right now. And it's understanding that, like, you know, it can be simpler when you're ready. But first, you got to discover yourself and you got to understand that, hey, you know what? This is one of my flaws. She ain't lying to me. You know what? I I do sometimes talk about myself too much. You know what I'm saying? I do think about myself sometimes. Sometimes I am inconsiderate. Sometimes I am insensitive to her feelings. When we start, like, recognizing that within ourselves and be honest with ourselves, the closer we can get to her the closer we can get to her. And the closer we get to that good thing, like the word says, the closer we get to that favor. I don't know where the scripture is in the Bible, but it, it says to treat your wife right so you don't hinder your prayers. Yep, that's the word. So sometimes, sometimes the reason why things ain't happen or fall right in your life is because you ain't, you ain't treating that woman that God don't put in your life right. We're not treating her with respect because guess what? If God sent her into your life, God God sent a blessing into your life. So when we abuse the blessing, we abuse God. Hmm. 
I'm gonna stop. I know there's some toes around here. I don't step on. I'm gonna stop. Reverend, <laughs> Reverend, <laughs> Reverend. For those that want to read it because they didn't believe you, it's First Peter uh, <laughs> chapter three, chapter three, verse seven. Enough. Y'all want to read that? Y'all want to read that? It's in the book. It's in the book. It's in- it's in the book. Say your prayers are, are answered according to how you treat your wife. Mm-hmm. That's in that Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but that's that's great. That's great, my brother. Um, and I think and I think that that is a way better segue than I had um, into uh, Courtney's question about upbringing. Mm. Um, I think that is it's important that we account for all of those things. Um, because under again, understanding um, yourself and understanding your desires and what you want um, are are things that we inherently get um, growing up that we may not necessarily know that mm-hmm. we we get them. I'm not going to get too deep because I could I could go into um, th- these bloodline issues and curses. Um, oh, and I amen. and I could go amen. into um, these <clears throat> these generational curses that we're dealing with, um, but I'm not. I won't go that deep. I'll just I'll just say this: um, we learn things um, based upon how we were brought up, and I mm-hmm. and, and and I'll dive into it and say if you had a two parent household that was. Um, a Christian two-parent household, you have a certain type of upbringing. I never saw my parents argue growing up. I never mm. saw them argue. Um, I, I never saw... Now, I may have felt... Uh, I don't know why mama ain't going into the room <laughs> at 12 o'clock. <laughs> but, but I never saw them argue. They would not argue in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, um, when it came to going to church, my father didn't start going to church um, until later in life and later in my life uh, when I became a teenager. Um, but he never hindered us. Uh, as a matter of fact, he made us, your mama said you're going to church, so get on up and get ready for church, um, whether he was going or not. Um, and, and so those things impact um, your dating life um, growing up. How you perceive dating when you arrive to church um, so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. is your, is your pastor married? Uh, mm-hmm. What does their marriage look like? How does your first lady impact your life? I had a phenomenal first lady, um, uh, that I had growing up. I remember her name is Sister Ducksworth. Um, she was the, over the choir. I loved her and, and still love her to this day. She is a phenomenal, phenomenal person. Um, and I saw how my pastor and her interacted. I saw how he, she supported him um, and he reverenced and acknowledged her. Um, and so those things impact your dating, your dating life growing up. Um, the number of people around you getting married, um, the number of people around you dating, um, mm-hmm. those things all impact your, your dating life growing up. So I think that what you experience and whatever yes. your experience looks like growing up, um, is really important, um, and it gives way to how you're going to date. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives way to how you're going to respect a woman. Um, it gives way to um, 
if you're even going to want to date. Right. Um, right. Because some people, with all of that that I said, um, some people grew up in single parent households mm-hmm. um, where their their mother may have had um, a boyfriend who treated her horribly but paid all of her bills. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, or they may have been in a single parent household where their mother had a boyfriend and he was so nice to her but he refused to marry her. Mm. Um, and, and so all of that is going to impact you in a positive way or negative way. It just depends on how you choose to channel it because the one, the, the young boy who was in a household where the boyfriend loved the mom and refused to marry her, he may grow up and say, I don't want to treat a woman like that man treated my mom. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to marry the person that I say that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he may do the reverse and be like, "I'm gonna do the same thing." Right. He got off easy. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and so I think all of that impacts the way you date your your childhood. Definitely has um a a conscious and subconscious effect on how you date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, if you want to tag me in, brother, um, yeah. you know, the word talks about, you know, once you become wise, you learn to listen to who has wisdom. You begin to seek wisdom out. Like the only way to get wisdom is to seek it out. And most of the time it's to listen. You can't learn nothing if you're not listening. And you see, Another thing that we we sometimes we don't understand is upbringing never stops. Even now as grown people, we have the decision of who we want to listen to. We still have elders everywhere. We still have people that's older than us that can teach us the game, teach us the landscape of things we don't know. Um, so for that young man that may be in that situation, what you're talking about, where his mother wasn't married by the person who was so nice, right? When he gets older and he he wants marriage, he wants the real thing, he might seek out men who have a nice marriage. But then at the same time, sometimes we can learn something from people who didn't have a good marriage. And they and they understand why they didn't have a good marriage. And they, they begin to identify what they did wrong as well. You can learn from those people. So like the main the main thing, like even for myself, if I was to speak for myself, like I sit around men who are married. I, you know what I'm saying? And what touches me, what, you know, because I, I want I want to learn more about marriage. I want a happy marriage one day. I love when I hear deacon, old deacons and old pastors talk about how much they love their wife. Oh, I love it. Like that, that right there, like that has me glued. And like it, it fascinates me because you've been married for how long and you still find a new way to love your wife like the word says that I, I forget how it says but brother I know you'll tell me in a second it says um man's love for God becomes wane like 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 the, the candle grow goes low because it, it becomes just, wax yeah yeah becomes wax it. I'm sorry yep. I'm sorry yep. it becomes wax yep. I'm sorry I said it wrong but the thing is like we lose love for God mm-hmm. and sometimes like men lose love for their woman and that's what causes them to look on the outside. 
But what gets us to get a closer relationship with God is when we begin to fall more in love with God each and every day and each and every year. So like when I hear a man sitting up here talking about how much he loves his wife and through all the bumps and hiccups, he grew further in love with his wife like that. That makes me gravitate to him to learn more. And then like as you gravitate to people, like begin to ask questions like, hey, how do y'all handle finances? You know, how do y'all handle chores? How do y'all handle um, caring for the children? You you describe the, the the situation that was in your household, but in some households, like they're tag team, like boom, you pick them up from school today. I got this to do. Okay, boom, you pick them up from school tomorrow. I got that to do. Boom. Uh, which one of our parents is free this weekend since we need to get some some time away to go hang out and have date night and be romantic with each other? You know what I'm saying? And it's like you know, for us at this age. That's important for us to have people that we look up to that that might have a happy relationship and a happy marriage and understand like, okay, not only are we looking at their structure, like their marriage, but we're looking at the the in on uh, the infrastructure of how their marriage is handled. So then we can begin to talk once another, like, hey babe, like, you know, um, you know, how how you want to what type of cars do we want? What type of house do we want? What city do we want to live in? What neighborhood do we want to live in? What kind of job and career do you want? Okay, you know, what's the good market for that? We begin to have conversations. And it's not the, I don't know what she's thinking. I don't know what he's thinking. Because that's a lot of a part that has to do with the separation and people getting divorced and people saying, I don't know him no more. I don't know her no more. Because we don't ask questions. Because you guess what? Guess what? The more interest you have in your partner, the oh my God, come on, somebody. The yeah. more you become interested in your partner, the more that y'all become interested in what's going on in each other's life, man, you ain't got to worry about nothing. You ain't got to worry about nothing. That person's so into you. You so into that person. I tell my girl sometimes, girl, you ain't got nothing to worry about. <laughs> like, for real. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Like, like none of these people impress me at all. And, like, that's a beautiful feeling. Like, when you get to the point where you're like, they don't even impress me. And then it gets so good. It gets so good that you start telling her about chicks from the past. She'd be like, you know what? That's how I know that God sent you my way because you don't do what she did. I ain't got to deal with half the mess I used to deal with with that person. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how, oh my gosh, I hope, I hope somebody understands what I'm talking about. You reach a whole, you reach a whole new level in your relationship where it's like there's so much peace and laughter and joy. Like, I, I listen to my homeboys talk about their marriage sometimes, and I just think, I said, bro, based on the conversation you telling me, man, marriage could be really cool if I just got the right person. Marriage could be so much fun if I got the right partner. But then at the same time, as a man, a man of God, a man that's trying to chase after God's heart, a man trying to walk out this life, I begin to realize as well, it's not just about having the right partner, it's about me being the right partner as well. Yeah. And so, like, you know, like, I, I think that, you know, you know, I think we, you know, it's both our jobs to hold each other accountable. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, um, one thing I love about my girlfriend and, like, I, I tell her this and she laughs sometimes, and I tell other women this, and like this is how I know that I found a good person. She will tell me, ask me once a week, like at the beginning of the week, it might be a Monday, it might be a Sunday. She'll be like, okay, what you gotta do this week? And like I tell her, I gotta do, you know, all this on Monday, all this on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, etc. 
Next question comes out of our mouth is, how can I accommodate you for this week? How can I support you for this week? How can I help you for this? You know how refreshing that is? Because I know my love language. My love language is words of affirmation and acts of service. So when, so when a woman comes into my life and, and has the audacity to ask me, babe, how can I help you? Come on, somebody. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm I'm throw it back out there, man. I'm the A. Mm-hmm. Amen. Listen, I, I can't, I can't, I can't get on that. I can't get on that. Yeah, you're talking real good. Uh, Talisha said at the beginning, you'll know who is single and who's uh, thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yeah, it's very clear. <laughs> hey man, hey, let me stop. <laughs> but brought that up like how you were talking that leads like to one of the last two questions we have. What characteristics are important? Since you were talking about some of the things that you look for briefly just then, things that you found in your girlfriend, what do you guys feel like are important characteristics to have? If you can narrow it down, because I know it's probably a lot, but. It, it's, it's, it, it definitely is a lot for me. Um, <laughs> what I. For. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I'm going to narrow, I'm going to narrow it as much as possible. I have this. And, you know, I may run everybody away from it. And that's all right. That's okay. That means you wasn't meant to come around anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, I have this thing where um, as I examine the women that have been in my life um, and that are still in my life, my mother, my grandmothers, um, my aunts, um, my, my sisters, um, there's one common thing um with them all they were they are or were all um very independent Mm. um and so you know i think a lot of men have this thing where they need women to depend on them for Mm -hmm. this or that um Mm -hmm. i'm quite the opposite um i'll be there i will support you um in whatever way emotionally financially whatever um but your independence is a beautiful thing to me. Um, uh, we don't we don't have to be everywhere together. Um, um, you can go hang out with your friends. I can go hang out with mine. Just make sure you come home. Um, yeah, amen. And so, um, you know, independence is is a beautiful thing to me. Um, I think having your own goals and aspirations, I think, is a beautiful thing. Um, I am not intimidated by a strong woman. Um, I'm not intimidated by a strong woman at all, especially mm-hmm. when you are able to do things that I can't do or I don't do well. Mm-hmm. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. <laughs> uh, um, you know, you could do it. That means I don't have to. And I thank God for you. Um, <laughs> amen. And so, you know, um, you know, all of those things. So independence, um, being very strong, um, being able to make decisions on your own. Um, one thing that uh, is a beautiful thing to me is um, you have a positive outlook on life and or you're able to 
uh, strategize um, in discovering solutions. So, right, mm-hmm. things are mm-hmm. are are presented to you, um, things that are not favorable to you um, or a situation that is not favorable to you or us. Um, mm-hmm. You're able to strategize through those things um, at a and pivot well um, mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. having to delay in order to seek me out um, mm-hmm. in order to find the solution. <clears throat> Uh, you're able to do those things and I can trust that that decision is a good decision. I can trust that that decision is a well thought out decision Um, and you thought it out well based on your experiences in our conversation. So those are just a few things Um, and I I saw one question about um, uh, you know uh, physical characteristics Um, um, and I'm going to say this, and y'all probably bust out laughing. Have the glow of God on you. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> goodness and mercy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And more goodness now. Give me a whole bunch of goodness. A whole bunch goodness, of goodness and mercy. <laughs> um, but, brother, I'll toss it over to you. I'll toss it over to you. Man, um, I, I promise you got my notes, man. You up here on stole my notes, man. You don't you don't pick my brain. I don't know who your inside guy is, but you got you got you got somebody over here in, in my camp somewhere. You know, I pay him well. I pay him well. Yeah, man. Hey, you know what? Uh man, hey, but um, I mean, you said everything that I would have said. I mean, I'm just gonna touch a couple of other points. I hope that um we're on the same wavelength still. I need somebody um who's family oriented. Cause I'm a family man. I mean, you know, especially if you a church person, like you're nine times out of 10, you're probably a family oriented person. You probably have a big family, you know what I'm saying? And family's, you know, important to you. So I need somebody that does that. Uh, one thing I like about my girlfriend is like, she's able to uh, talk to people and start conversations with people that I may not want to talk to, you know what I'm saying? I'm just be honest. She's, she, you know, she's outgoing stuff like that, you know, um you know she she's classy she she don't put everything out there for people to see and it's like you know like and i think one one thing that's not communicated enough and i think that we need to communicate it here and i will say it so people can understand so we can change the culture is that you don't have to put everything out there to be sexy sometimes you can be covered and be sexy Mm -hmm. things about you can just be attractive you know what I'm saying? And like how we said earlier, it doesn't have to be a long skirt, whatnot. Like, you know, like just dress, you know, you know, be hip, but don't be showing hips. You feel me? Right, right, like that's right. that's all I got to say. Don't be showing too much. But um oriented, being classy, understanding, you know, sexy is a whole different thing, you know. Um, educated, wise, intelligent, intellectual. You know, like, you know, um, going back to the male ego, sometimes I feel like men at like, you know, what kills a lot of relationship is a man thinks he knows more than his woman, you know what I'm saying? Or trying to act like he know more than his woman. But like, I mean, like, I, I want to match. I want somebody who who going to be up there with me when we're talking about stuff. She offers a different perspective. Well, I'd be like, you know what? Never thought about it like that. You know what I'm saying? But not be arrogant because there's some women out there. <laughs> That man, like, hey, baby, you know, uh, we stopped talking about that 15 minutes ago, right? 
Okay, I'm just I'm just making sure. I mean, I mean, I could go on and on, but I mean, those are a couple of different things, you know, being, you know, classy, yes, sexy, family oriented, intellectual, knows, you know, when to let the vibe just keep going to keep the peace. Right. You know, that's that's a lot of things. Cause like, I mean, one thing as a man, and I, you know, it's caused me to leave a lot of relationships, let a lot of relationships go, is being with a woman who don't know how to maintain the vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like the nitpicking and all that stuff. It's not necessary because honestly, you know, and I'm not trying to start no arguments, disagreements. If a lot of men were to be honest in their relationship, they would say, woman, you do stuff that aggravates me all day long, but I tolerate it and let it roll off my back. You know what I'm saying? So like, let's not go back and forth. This, But I choose to keep the vibe cool. I choose to ignore your flaws. You know what I'm saying? I choose not to pick arguments and stuff like that. Having a having a person, and then I'm going to really back in, having a person who knows how to just maintains the peace is everything. Because the last thing you want to do is be wrestling in the middle of the night, thinking about getting the last word or thinking about how to get the upper hand. What you want to do when you, when you sleep in comfortably at night, you want to be like, you know what? I got a good person and you want to go to sleep. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to say, I got a good person and you want to go to sleep because yo, hey, sleep is everything. So, you know, like, hey, I mean, I that's, to me, that's just a few things. I'm not going to go down a long tangent, you know, but like, hey, and like how my brother says, she got to have, you know, she got to have some God inside of her because that's everything. Because if she got some God inside of her and she got everything else that we just listed, I feel like, man, everything's going to be all right. Definitely. I, I just want to add one more thing um, to, to what my brother said. Um, I think that it is important um, for her to understand you or me. Um, and, and when I say that, I am um, I'm very self-aware. Um, so I know when my mood switches. That swing, when that mood starts swinging, I know. And I know I know what has triggered my mood swing. If I'm hungry, if I'm tired, uh, if I've been aggravated by something, that mood done switched. And so I need her to understand, you know, look, he said his mood ain't right, so let me give him a minute. Um, or even when it, when it comes to communication, um, listen, just because he doesn't want to talk about it right now doesn't mean that he does not want to talk about it. Um, and so, and, and just because he wants to talk about it now and then he revisits it later, um, um, that, is, that is just a form of trying to, uh, you know, clarify and improve communication. So I think Amen. those things are really, really important. Being Amen. able to communicate, being able to sense um excuse me or discern um you know what those problems are and where a person is um and um being and i be able to do the same thing so if i know this that and this um aggravates you if i know that um you Amen. have an expect expectation of me to be mm-hmm. <clears throat> to be home at a certain time or um to call at a certain time or um, to reach out and communicate in a certain way, 
Um, right. That I do that and you reciprocate the same thing. That's that's an excellent point you brought back up. Yeah, like, you know, that communication is everything. Because yep. that communication and, and those consistent patterns is what builds the trust and keeps the trust. Yep. Uh, another thing that you just brought up is about, you know, if he brings it back up later, brings something back up to talk about it, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe he's trying to, like how you say, get clarity or he's trying to get closure to something that may still be hanging in the middle of your relationship because, you know, uh, you don't want a man that's not telling you what's wrong because a man that's not telling you what's wrong is a man that's doing something else when you ain't watching it. You know what I'm saying? You know, so like he might be doing something else. I saw your face, T. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he, he might, he might, he might be doing something else, or he might be ho- hoarding something within you, within himself, to be that man that's so nice to the girlfriend but won't marry her. You feel me? So like, it's good to have a man that communicates, you know, and he's trying to sort stuff out with you, because like you know, when y'all reach that closure, like y'all get closer. And it's just that simple. And when y'all get closer, y'all stronger. And so, like, you know, so, you know, uh, we can't always just say, like, oh, we already talked about that. We don't need to talk about that no more. Because if someone has some feelings about something, maybe it wasn't fully addressed. And we we have to be, we have to be um, considerate, sensitive, and um, nurturing enough to help them, for, you know, reach, reach to get those needs accomplished and fulfilled. You know, yeah, yeah. Mhm. Definitely. Um. Yeah, I think I think that's great. I think that. Um. And this is the last thing for me. I think that in um for this question, if if, if maybe this might be the last question because we keep talking. Um. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um. I think that is important in understanding what you want. Um from your your potential spouse your girlfriend your partner whatever mm-hmm. you refer to it as i think it's just as important to understand um what you need to be and so um mm-hmm. you know understanding your flaws and being able to articulate those and understanding what you what you can bring to the table someone that i was dating one time asked me this question and i didn't know how to answer it and you know, I'm a man of many words. And so, <laughs> and, and, and I didn't know how to answer the question. And uh, she was like, so um, tell me um, what you can be to me. I'm like, what? Whoa. What does that mean? What? Um, <laughs> what? What? Like, what? What in the world? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> and so, and so she, she clarified and she said, not um, physically, but what can you emotionally be? Oh, okay. Um, and okay. so uh, it made me think like, have I really examined what I emotionally bring to the table? <laughs> wow. You know. Wow. It's like, almost the equivalent of that question that men ask women, what exactly. do you bring to the table? <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, there go that. Man, they go, go to the table, and so like, and so I, it it threw me off because typically I can come up with an answer real quick, like pow, 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 and uh, there was no pow. 
there's no there's no we, we might need a part two to this man because he <laughs> <laughs> we might need a part two because he 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 stirred something up within me and i don't want to say because we've been to go hey but it's like yo yeah i, I get what you're saying bro and I, I mean hey i mean um i think the key to any woman's heart is intimacy that's honestly what I feel like. The key to any woman's heart is intimacy. Because once she feels secure with you, once she feels like she can, like she got that best friend, she got that confidant, she got that person she can talk to, and you're gonna listen and you know and hear her out and provide for her and, and you know help her out. It's like boom, you there. You're there. The rest is up to you. Once she realizes she got that intimacy, she got that security blanket with her, like how you saying, like, what can you be for her? Mostly, I could be your security blanket. I could be your best friend. I could be your confidant. I could be, instead of being, people say the the shoulder you can cry on, like, you know, you know what some dudes trying to do when they say that, but literally be that shoulder who she can cry on and wipe her tears away and make her feel better Right. Day after day, wake up to a text, how you doing, babe? All that, praying for you, all that, man. When, when we get to that point, when, when she realizes she has that, and you can tell her that, and you can show her that, you can back it up. Yeah. She don't need, she don't need much else. Definitely. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, I think I said this last time, too. But I think this is going to be my last part for this question. Um, <laughs> um, um, I, I think I, I said this, but um, there's a parable in the Bible. Um, there's a parable in the Bible about uh, Jesus being in a house um, and Jesus was performing miracles in the house. And because he was performing miracles in the house, people around in the village and towns around came to the house looking for uh, Jesus to perform more miracles. Um, but there was a man, and the man was very, very ill. Mm-hmm. Um, and the man needed to get to Jesus in order to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, his friends took him, um, and they tried to get through the door. They couldn't get through the door. Um, they tried to get through the window, couldn't mm-hmm. get through the window. So they put them on the roof and they pulled back the tiles on the roof and lowered him down to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so um, one thing that I think is really important uh, for us to understand about who we are uh, as it pertains to relationships is a... Um, are we surrounded by people that will support us in getting to where we need to be? That's right. To be whole enough. Yes. Word again, to be in a relationship. Mm. And then I pose a question to you, um, a question that was posed to me on a panel that I was on a few months ago. And the question was, is there a man in the house? Um, And, and what I find in this parable is that sometimes men mm-hmm. may need to be surrounded by men that will bring them 
uh, to the man who can make them whole. Um, and, and having that sense of wholeness, and I think this references a question that I saw too um, about um, you know, your past experience and being healed from them. Um, and it, the man in the house has to make them whole enough for them to be able to go out and be effective um, and, and whole enough to be in those relationships. And so that, that, that speaks to the importance mm-hmm. of us knowing who we are, us knowing and acknowledging our ailments and not just trying to pick out what we need from a woman to make mm-hmm. us whole, but being whole when we get to the woman. Because the woman may need us to be whole for her to be whole. Um, she may be dealing with things that she needs a whole man to help her through. Um, mm-hmm. But it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Oftentimes, the man depends on the woman to heal and bandage mm-hmm. and repair and right. soothe. Um, but it's really, according to the word of God, the man's responsibility to be that to the woman. Because we're going back to washing with the water of the word. Um, right. The only way that a uh, a sore can be uh, healed is that Come it on. is cleaned out first. Right. Um, and you have to clean that out with the water of the word. Questions, anybody? No. <laughs> More like when Court says for me, where's the collection plate? What's your cash out? We need to just put it in there. Send the man of God some money. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I, I really I really I really think that this is a really important subject. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's uh we're actually having a conversation on Saturday at my church about um, millennials and what millennials need. And I think this is something that millennials really, really need. Um, we're in a world where things are changing and things are becoming um, more and more acceptable. And um, the way that the church is combating things mm-hmm. is pushing people to the things instead of, instead of pulling them from the things. Good and point. so we've had a lot of um, experience um, telling people what they cannot do, uh, but we don't have that m- much experience telling folks um, what they can, they can do. Thank right. you, brother. And what they can do. And so, you know, I think I think these types of conversations are really, really mm-hmm. important um, because it brings a sense of realness to who we right. are as individuals. Um, when I see a girl, I don't say, "Well, hallelujah." Praise God, she's so she's so beautifully and wonderfully made. <laughs> she is, you know, hey, she man. she she is a, a a Proverbs thirty-one woman. Oh my Lord! Oh, go get my Bible and my holy oil. That's not what I say. Um, praise God! And I almost said something, but Talisha knows me, so I'm not going to go there. But um, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh <laughs> that's my Lord. Sister. Um, but that's not what I say. I, I that's not how I see the situation. So we have to be real with um mm. our feelings and what we feel. Um yeah. the way God has created us to feel uh yeah. when we see what we like. Um yeah. gotta be real. Gotta be real. So so thank you to both of you. Thank you. 
Gotta be real. See? <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, I just thank you both so much. It was so nice to get the perspective of the male about mm-hmm. how you all feel about the dating culture now, but I like how you all didn't put it on the woman. Like, it's Mm-mm. so much like on social media now, everybody's talking about being an alpha male and a high value man, and da, 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 da. but they don't spend any time saying what they truly should be for a woman. And I feel like um, the church culture is starting to bring those ideas over here, but that's not what God has declared for us. Right. Marriage to be, that's not how God, like, even, you know, like you said, I've been saying years, God never ordained for girlfriend and boyfriend. So when we're dating in church, it is with the intention, and I hate how people try to make it like it's such a bad thing. When you're Mm -hmm. dating with the intention to get married when we're in church. But outside world has made it like, that's no, you shouldn't be doing that. And and even you hear people in church say that they date to get married. And I just, I'm like, what am I dating for? So... I like how you all have brought those things right. up um, in this conversation. So I really appreciate both of you. <laughs> like you just, you just spurred one more thing. Like uh, I was telling my girlfriend for, um, I even got here tonight. I said, I know I'm supposed to be with you. She said, why? I said, because me and you both keep getting blessed since we've been together. I'm like, we both on got new jobs. We both on got raises, you know, all types of stuff. Because in the past, when I was with people that used to try to use me, God blocked my blessings. Hmm. And I, I couldn't I couldn't get my blessings. But now when I'm with somebody that I know is connected to him, all this stuff is coming through. And like how you said, we're dating for a purpose. And like people need to realize when you start dating for a purpose, God will bless you. God will show you like, hey, this is where you need to be at. If God is not blessing you in a way that is revealing to you that you're walking down the right path, you need to go. You need to get away from there. See, our problem is just like how you say you said it very well. You made me think about it with this imagery in my head. The Bible is like a compass. It's like a map. When we walk with the Bible, we can stand confident when we walk with the word, like how the brother said, when we're watching with the word, we can stand confident because we know where we headed. But when we go into this uncharted territory about value, this and that and all that, we don't know where we're heading. So it's easy for us to get lost. It's easy for us to get confused. It's easy for us to get robbed and hit side the head. So like, it's important that if we want to really, like how he told Jeremiah, the plans of welfare, the, the promising future, if we really want to get to that, we got to get back to where that word is found. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to say, hey, I got that word, but let me go into this uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, y'all know I got something else to say, but I'm not going to say it tonight. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> if you all want them to come back, just let them know. <laughs> yes, because we only got to like three of her questions out of a slew of questions. So um... should we say sorry or should we say thank you? <laughs> Listen. Because because Talisha said something about this high high value man thing, and I really wanted to get into that. Lord have mercy. Um, but I I don't I don't want to bore you. Not do that because if you get into that, it's going to go downhill. <laughs> Part two. 
coming soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah y'all, let, y'all let us know. Um, even if you just want a part two so you can see me again, just let us know. And we'll, oh, we'll God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we're going to definitely have to do part two because <laughs> it's needed. I think we need need the space to answer all the other questions. Um, but we're going to end here. Amen. As Terry would say, amen. amen. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank y'all so much for being on this episode. Like, as Alicia said, thank you for not putting all the responsibility on the women and like really owning the responsibility as men. Um, it's so important for uh, Christian men to see other Christian men owning that um and not giving in to the things that are going on in the world um because ultimately we have to stick to what is in the word that's what we are supposed to be living by and if we ain't living by it then we don't give permission for other people to to live by it either um Mm -hmm. and we're supposed to be showing forth that light and come on putting Mm -hmm. a difference where there is no difference um and if we aren't doing it then no one else will so thank y'all so much um and there will be a part two uh so thank y'all you know y'all can find us on youtube uh spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, all the things instagram at coffee and jesus pod uh ladarius where can they find you they can find me on instagram at uh the underscore lg underscore experience uh you can find me on facebook under lj gamage uh the youtube is coming soon the podcast is coming soon uh more information will be shared at another time thank you for this opportunity uh this is a wonderful talk uh, Terry, uh, hey, let's let's get ready for part two, brother. Let's, let's get do ready it. for part two. <laughs> Terry, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on at tel underscore squared on Instagram. You can also find me um, on Fresh Start TV with my own podcast, um, Terry Lee Podcast, where we talk about ministry and the marketplace. Uh, so we're going to go live with that next month. So. Uh, look for me, follow Fresh Start TV, and let's get it going. All right. Amen. Awesome. Thank you guys so much, and we will see you again soon.